7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. There's one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, so you need to get something off your chest today. Today is the perfect day to do it. This is one I mentioned before. I'm going to mention it again. couple things. Well, it's two things, actually. Probably shouldn't have your dog off the leash if it's particularly by a very, very busy road, a busy place. And also, if your dog drops a, drops a deuce, how about having a plastic bag in your pocket to pick it up and not leave it there? How about that? How about do that? Saw that yesterday where um, a couple dogs out, out by the road, individuals just walking around. Dogs are they're off leash. They're, they're by a busy road. I mean, this isn't like they're out in, in, out in the desert or something like that where there's really little to traffic-wise on the desert or you're someplace like that where... You're supposed to have your dog on a leash anyway. But I get it. If you're out in a very wide open area and there's nobody else around and you want to let your dog loose, I don't have a big problem with that. But if your dog is crapping all over the place and you're not picking it up, then I have a problem with that. On the desert... Okay, but I still don't think I still think you should pick it up if you can. But if your dog is like walking through a neighborhood and it craps on somebody else's lawn, should you not pick that up? Why should I pick up your dog's poop? I have my own dog's poop to pick up. Thank you very much. There we go. That's my little little complaint of the day. Saw something yesterday that that got me going on that again. Why should I have to pick up your dog's poop? If your dog pees on the lawn, I don't care. It's dog pee. Well, it's not a female dog, and it does it all the time because that creates a different issue. That kills the grass. But when it's your dog crapping on my lawn, why should I be responsible for your dog? My dog craps on your lawn for some reason, which I'll try not to let him do that, but if he did... I make sure I get a plastic bag to pick it up. Just common decency, is it not? Respect for other people's property? Am I wrong in that? Nah, I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, in your neighborhood, somebody, some dog walked up to your yard and crapped on it? You we have a fence, so yeah. dogs can't get into our yard. Well, don't you like up front, though? Don't you have like a little patch of grass or something up front? Or Yeah, behind the fence. Uh, okay, it's behind. Everything's behind. Yeah. But say you didn't, though. Say he didn't have a fence. And a dog crapped, neighbor dog craps on your lawn. Would that not tick you off? At this point of the year, not really, no. Because there's very, very little chance I'm going to step in it. And by the time I get my feet around where the dog is crapped, and this is just me, this is personal. By the time I get my feet around there, it's time to mow the grass, which is now next spring. So... But what if this is a repeated thing, though? What's a dog in the neighborhood? And it do- this dog does it once, 
thrice, four times? I mean, it's hard to guess where my irritation would be with something that's that hypothetical, right? Like, we don't have dogs pooping. Our dog barely poops in our own yard. Well, it's good, though. <laughs> so, I'm just, that, that's good that you don't have that problem. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it would I, probably irritate me, but then again, most people, most of the time, most every day irritate me. So, I mean, it really, I, I, I just like think, the neighbors walking by our house irritate me. They don't even have animals. <laughs> Go okay. to your home. Stay at your home. Okay. So, ultimately, at some point, that would probably irritate you. If that irritates that happens over and over and that, over. If that irritates you, just people walking by, then a dog crapping in your yard. Probably. On but more than one occasion is probably. We've put up a fence, so. Well, that's good. So you've, we have skirted the issue for now. But down who knows, down the road, what, whatever, I don't know. But mm-hmm. just hypothetically, that would probably be something that would that would annoy you. Probably. Yes. I just think it's a common decency thing, too, isn't it? Why Why should I? Why should you be okay with your dog crapping on my yard and me having to go pick it up? Whatever whatever juncture I have to pick that up, mm. why is that my responsibility? Why either take your dog something, want your dog to crap all over your yard? I don't care. That is your yard, my man. Or good lady, I don't yeah. care. But why should I have to go above and beyond to clean up after your dog? Take the dogs for a walk. In the backyard. Problem solved. <laughs> there you go. All dogs. Simple just as that. Put them in the backyard. Solved. All right. I don't know. It's just something that came up from yesterday. All right. Uh, text. But another thing is to be being text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Uh, the, the ongoing frustration with, with officiating the NFL. We're going to have a little segment on that because Dallas owner, GM, Jared Jones. Jared Jones. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? Had some thoughts on the state of officiating in the league right now. Interesting take on it. We'll bring some of the audio of that uh, next hour. But uh, with with the rise of gambling, of legalized gambling, getting it right has become even more paramount than before. Because you have millions and millions of people wagering on NFL games. And the decision of of one individual or a crew or whatever can cost somebody a lot of money if they get a call wrong. And it just seems like lately they've been getting a lot of calls wrong in the NFL. It's been an, it's been an ongoing issue. Some of you have texted in about it today. How big of is an issue? Don't ask the pilot. How big is a, of it is an issue for you right now? See, and and for me, I don't know. I want to get a better idea of, like, the news. Is it happening more, or are we now hearing about all the instances? Which you brought up before. Instead of just the ones on the game we watch. Because now with Red Zone and, you know, a dedicated channel specifically to the NFL. That's ESPN. And NFL Network. And all of the yelling head shows on all FS1, there's four of them. And ESPN, it's all day. And there's Good Morning Football and the Insiders and all this. Like, is this really happening more? Or is it just 
now for 16 games across the slate there's every a bigger week. Me- there's a bigger megaphone for it. Right. Like, I don't know if the missed calls are necessarily happening more or calls that they get blatant wrong, or is it just that now the instant it happens, you have news alerts set up on X, hashtag blown call, and you're like, Oh, oh, there's been four blown there, calls there's a today. Si- there's a These site dedicated to it. I mean, there's yeah. a site dedicated to it. You know, like there's umpire scorecard on X. It's an actual account that during the baseball season, every single morning tweets out the home plate umpire scorecard from the night before. Are they significantly worse now than they were 30 years ago? Or is there significantly more ways to find out the mistakes that happen week in and week out? That's what and I it don't could, and know. It could be yes and yes. It could be yeah. We got more mistakes mm-hmm. even with even with replay. And yes, it it could be magnified in some ways and because of because of social media and mm-hmm. what we have and just media in general with and the twenty four seven news cycle of the yeah. NFL. And the problem might be twofold too, right? Like I'm not saying that it's not happening more. I just don't know whether it's happening at such a rate. That we hear about. That's an epidemic. Right. We hear 15 different shows talking about two missed calls. That's not 30 missed calls. That's two missed calls. Right. So, and again, on the other side of that, if the players are bigger, stronger, faster, moving at a different rate than they were even 15 years ago, but the officials are the same that they were 15 years ago, that's a problem too. So your thoughts on it, is it really a problem? Because the NFL has said that when they review things, it's 98%. They get 98% of calls right. Are you buying that number? Do you think it's a bigger problem than it used to be? Also, that is, or is it just because it's it's amplified because of the, the, the 24-7 cycle, the scrutiny, social media, all those things. So if you got some some thoughts about that today, anything you want to whine about today as well, you can text uh, or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Love to hear from you today on a Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Uh, coming up, we'll have um, what's happening with Com West, but uh, we had to do some scheduling juggling today and uh, appreciate Mary Doan uh, moving her schedule around for us. We're going to talk a little uh, Central Warriors girls basketball with Warriors head coach Mary Doan on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Get in the huddle with Central Girls basketball coach Mary Doan on the Team. All right, Mary Doan is brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Mary Doan joins us, coach of the Central Girls. Good morning, Mary. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Team's off to a a, a two and one start after you, you played over in the front range. Uh, uh, you played, um, or actually, you played, uh, you played some, got uh, get some tournaments in uh, for your basketball team. Kind of take us through what you've seen uh, from your team so far uh, this basketball season. Um, so actually, we're one and two, uh, but I have just you know the, probably this weekend the biggest thing that came out to me is toughness. Um, you know, and I think as a coach, sometimes you, you wonder about how tough your team is. And so to find out on the first weekend of the season is is awesome. And, you know, my girls, are they're super tough. 
individuals. So that was exciting. Well, I mentioned that uh, you played over in, in the, the Palmer tournament, I believe, and it was Discovery Canyon got that opening win, 69-23. But you're right, I'm sorry. Uh, looked at the wrong number, uh, one and two, uh, with uh, the loss to Fountain Fort Carson, 46-35. And then uh, just a, a heartbreaking loss to Palmer, losing by a point, 38-37. You expected uh, Christina Manzanares and Bryn Wagner to lead the way, your, your two seniors, and, and that's been the case so far. They have, they've really led the way for your basketball team. Uh, well, Christina really stepped up this weekend, and she's stepped up. I, I've watched her step up since August with just leadership skills and just talking and communicating, um, and she continues to do that, which is fantastic. Bryn, um, you know, Bryn... Bryn is awesome, but she she actually left the Fountain Fort Carson game with a concussion uh, Friday night. So about three minutes in the second quarter, she had a concussion, and then Saturday uh, she didn't play, and neither did Tuscany Ritter. So yeah, I mean one of one point lost to Palmer that you you know when you got all your guns, um, that's not a loss. So like I said, you know that's that's kind of a little bit of why I found out how tough my kids are when you're playing with five varsity kids and a JV kid who's, who's never seen any varsity time and competing um, and your one lone senior who's just directing traffic and communicating the whole time. Um, you know, it was a good weekend. I mean, goes down as a one and two record, but uh, it's, it was still a great weekend. As far as uh, Bryn's status, what does that look like for the Wildcat uh, this week? Uh, well, she was medically cleared uh, yesterday, um, she's had no accommodations in classes. Uh, she's had no symptoms since last, you know, no headaches symptoms since Sunday. She's gone through two days of RTP. Tomorrow will be, or today will be a third. So, um, with the canceling of our game tomorrow, uh, we might be able to, we might get a little lucky here and have her back and ready to roll by Friday. We're talking Mary Doan, Central Warriors girls basketball coach, off to a one and two start after playing in the Palmer tournament. You mentioned Christina Manzanares, uh, the sensational start she's had this year at uh, 21 points per game. She's averaging almost three rebounds per contest. But I, I want you to talk about what she's doing on the defensive end. She's averaging almost four steals per game. She's been really good on that end of the floor to start things out. Yeah, you know, we've just kind of changed some stuff up defensively and just, I think, put her in a spot where she can be a little bit more successful and. Um, but here's the deal. It is 100% team defense, and she's just kind of reaping what her teammates are selling right now, which is fantastic. You know, everybody else is doing their job, and um, and, and it's, I mean, it's a team, it's complete synergy. Uh, and, you know, that's just sometimes how it works on a basketball court is, is you do all the work and your teammate gets the benefits of it, and that's kind of what's going on right now. I want to talk about a couple of juniors for you. Emma Diaz, uh, who is averaging uh, the third best uh, 7.5 points per game for your team right now, Mary. And then also uh, you've had uh, you know, a really good start uh, from a, a player probably better known for what she does in the softball field, Ella Grace Kellerby. Uh, both those players have been playing significant minutes. And as I mentioned with Diaz, uh, has been your third leading scorer uh, through these first three games. Yeah, so going back to my first comment on toughness, you know, uh, Emma is a she is a rock star on the softball team, and she missed the entire season her junior year with uh, stress fractures in her back, you know, and so like I mean, she has come to basketball with a vengeance. Um, you know, sixteen year old girl wants to do something. She she was bored out of her mind, having to sit out all the time, and 
I think she's doing the best that she can, taking advantage of the opportunity she's getting. And, you know, she was sore this weekend. She, You get to that third game, and she was sore and um, just battled. And I, I honestly feel like it's scratching the surface for her. Um, I think there's more there that she can be putting up, but she's also still kind of testing the waters and seeing what she's capable of. And then, you know, Ella Grace, um, Ella Grace, Tuscany, and, and I mean, all, all my juniors, I mean, they are just, they're playing and filling their roles, and they're doing a fantastic job. Um, it's fantastic to have, you know, Sophie out there, Litson, who didn't get to play last year, you know, due to stress fractures in her shins, uh, Adrian Hollis. I mean, they're just a, a good group that's all, you know, sticking together and, and, and filling their roles. You know, EG, um, she's a, a spot-up shooter, and so she happens to, you know, when everybody collapses on Brynn and Christina, and it's a great spot to throw the ball out to. Mary Doan, coach of the Central uh, Girls Basketball Team with us. As you mentioned, your game tomorrow out at uh, the Wildcat Classic Girls Basketball Tournament to uh, because of a team dropping out, uh, got wi- uh, wiped from the you know, from the schedule, so you don't play until uh, Friday at 4:30. We take on Pine Creek heading into the weekend. Mary, two and one start for Pine Creek. What can you tell us about them? Uh, Jim, you can probably tell me more than I can tell you. <laughs> I I know they're two I, and one. That's all I know. There you they have any, any stats up, so that's all I know. Well. You know, I know that they're well coached. Um, a couple years back, they we played them. We saw them a couple times, and um, they seem to be well coached. But you know, this early in the season, uh, in, right or wrong, I, I focus on what I got in front of me. We're still putting system in. We're still trying to get, you know, out of bounds plays run and and screen set in the right spot. So uh, we're uh, what the other team's doing right now is. You know, like I said, maybe maybe that's not maybe that's a fault on me as a coach, but I tend to focus more on what I can control, and that's my team. Uh, and that's sorting out through you know things right now and getting players back, like Bren Wagner, and like I said just uh, executing what you're trying to do. That's that's all you're trying to worry about right now, uh, heading into of course league play after the first of the year. Hey, Mary, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much uh, for for squeezing us in today. I know we've uh, we've had to move you around a little bit. And my apologies on that. Thanks for oh no uh, problem. Thanks for, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it, Mary. Okay, thank you, Jim. Have right. a good day. Yeah, all right, take care, Mary Down, coach of the Central Girls Basketball Team, off to a one and two start. But uh, like she mentioned, that Palmer loss. We don't have Bryn Wagner that. Uh, that makes uh, the job a whole lot tougher, but but Christina Manzanares has been off to a, a sensational start, 21 points per game for Central. So uh, we'll talk with Jeff Johnson, Fruit Monument Girls coach, coming up. It is the, the Family Health West Wildcat Classic Girls Basketball Tournament, so with one team dropping out. Uh, so the schedule looks like this tomorrow uh, out at uh, Fruta. 4.30 Grand Junction takes on Ponderosa. We'll talk with Sydney Brandon, Tigers coach. Uh, they're playing well to start the season after some some tough years uh, for the Tigers. But uh, Grand Junction Ponderosa at 4.30 tomorrow. And then 6 o'clock, it's Castleview Pine Creek. And then 7.30, Fruta will uh, score off against Eagle Crest. So um, those are your your matchups uh, coming up uh, uh, tomorrow for the first day of the uh, Wildcat Classic Girls Basketball Tournament. Palisade, uh, their varsity is not playing in that tournament. Uh, and typically, we, we see Carbon County coming over to play in this tournament, but mm-hmm. uh, Carmen County uh, not in no it. Dinos uh, no dinos. No dinos. No mm-hmm. dinos in it this time around. All right, 719, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Let's get to... What's happening? 
and it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. ComWest, they help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. They can help you with network support, cybersecurity, installing a new business phone system like they did for us a few years ago, and improving your surveillance. They're your technology service partner. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, lead things off with a, can you cue some music for me? Thank you. Nicely done, sir. Thank you. I know you said you didn't sleep well last night, but uh, when the show, when the bell rings, mm-hmm. you're ready to go, sir. Yep. You're ready to go. As superstar Nathan McKinnon helped to lead the way in a 3-2 home win over Anaheim Tuesday night. McKinnon scored a goal and added two assists on his way to a three-point night for an injury-riddled Colorado team. It was big. I mean, you need it. I mean, you got a lot of key personnel out, guys that impact the game in a bunch of different ways, including special teams. And, like, I thought he played really hard and, and played really well. That line was really good tonight. I thought Juren played well. I thought OC played well. That's Avs coach Jared Bednar, Curtis McDermott, and Logan O'Connor scored the other Colorado goals with the win snapping a three-game losing streak. The Avs lead Dallas by three points and Winnipeg by four points in the Central Division standings. Tonight, the Nuggets are in L.A. to take on the Clippers pregame at 7.30 with Jason Kosminski on the Team Sports Network. Colorado Rockies will have the third pick in next year's draft at Tuesday's winter meetings in Nashville. The Rockies grab the third pick in the draft lottery with Cleveland. Congratulations, Buckeye. Thank you. I knew it was uh, good, good luck coming when Browns fan Brad Paisley was there to release the uh, lottery standings. Ah. So, so a good frozen old. envelope. I'm I'm guessing <laughs> a little bit of a conspiracy it's like, going oh, on for okay. his Browns crosstown uh, friends there in but the, the Guardians. But the Guardians get the number one pick. Uh, Cincinnati will pick second this coming summer. Colorado we look finished. forward to this player not <laughs> contributing in 2027. <laughs> Colorado, by the way, finished with the third worst record in baseball this past season. Broncos left tackle Garrett Bowles, the team's 2023 nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Bowles' charity work includes helping kids in the juvenile legal system, mentoring teenagers in Arapahoe County, and making visits to the Marvin W. Foote Youth Services Center. The winner of the Walter Payton Award will be announced at the NFL Honors ahead of the Super Bowl in February in Las Vegas. Freda Foreman's 23-point game led the 8th-ranked Colorado women's basketball team to a 95-74 home win over Texas Arlington Tuesday night. The Buffs Jaquaya Miller added 21 points as CU improves to 9 and 1. A little uh, TMZ sports here for you. Got a football coach Deion Sanders and TV producer Tracy Edmonds have ended their engagement over the weekend on social media. Sanders and Edmonds jointly announced the end of their engagement that started back in 2019. The two stated they'll continue to be friends. The pair met at a movie premiere back in 2012. That uh, shows he's still got breakaway speed. Barely so. Five Colorado Buffaloes football players were given all Pac-12 honors yesterday. Star two-way player Travis Hunter was first-team all-Pac-12 defensive back and second-team all-purpose player. Running back Dylan Edwards was honorable mention freshman of the year. Shiloh Sanders was honorable mention safety. And Shadur Sanders was the honorable mention quarterback with Mark Vassett, honorable mention punter for Colorado. New top 25 rankings are out for D2 men's and women's basketball. Both Colorado Mesa women's and men's teams cracked the top 25. The women taking 25th in the NABC Division II coaches poll. The men's team 17th in the D2 CSC media poll and 15th in the D2 coaches poll. The Mavs are back at home for Armac battles with UCCS and Regis Friday and Saturday on the team CMU Sports Network.
Those games presented by Ken Richards State Farm. All right, that's a look at what's happening. And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need help with IT needs or a new business phone system or improving your surveillance, call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to comwestcorp.com. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, talk a little more about the Avalanche. Also coming up this hour, Fruit of Monument girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show. They're a lot of fun. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. On Colorado's sports leader, the team. Jim and the Buckeye Boy, Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network here in the Valley, 101, 1 FM, 1340 AM along Highway 50. It's 102.1 FM and online at theteam1340.com. It is a one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. So whatever uh, you're pulling out of the oven, taking off the grill, because maybe you're still grilling this time of the year, uh, they have the perfect one to pair with that. And, of course, it's the perfect holiday gift as well. Uh, everybody appreciates a bottle of Talon Wine, so... Uh, if you got something you want to complain about today, you can uh, send it our way. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. And uh, among things we're talking about today is from a complaint standpoint, we're, we're trying to figure out, is NFL officiating getting worse? Or is it just the, the 24-7 news cycle, social media, the intense scrutiny of NFL officiating is that taking a, a, a thing that's maybe kind of a problem and making it even bigger than it actually is? So give us uh, your thoughts on that today. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. You know, and I just go back to... We used to remember blown calls a lot longer, too. That's where I think like the news cycle is... We're just overcome with the amount right like Don Denkinger that stuck in people's craw for years and years and years and it was a missed call known around baseball for a decade or so now it's like Angel Hernandez misses one every week he at least gets one wrong every week and then you look, and there's the umpire scorecard that, yeah, you know what, Angel Hernandez missed one, but so did every other home plate umpire last night. You know, this guy missed a foul ball. Now it's reviewed, and they sometimes correct it, sometimes not. I think the thing for football is even in the review, there's still a lot of subjective territory. You know, and I think that's one of the things that it's hard to wrap our head around. It's like, somebody can be like, well, that ball moved. Well, now the ball can move a little bit. And that's where the hands. We've seen know? the goalposts move. We've seen, yeah. well, like it, if that's a catch, that's not, not a catch. The rule book is just so unwieldy with verbiage and ancillary this and that and if x happens then y is allowed and what's a football move and it used to be two feet inbounds but now you need three steps before and a football move before you can far whatever it used to be just simple you got both feet down you're inbounds or you got both feet down it's a catch and then if it comes free then it's a fumble out now it's not and it's it's hard to expect the people officiating it to keep up 
when it changes so often. The tuck rule. Yeah. Raiders Patriots, Tom Brady. The Music City Miracle, which actually it was an illegal forward. forward lateral. It was an illegal forward pass. Yeah. It was not a lateral. But but it's one of the most iconic moments yeah. in in NFL history. With the interpretation of the rule, which I still don't quite understand with the tuck rule, and not having a good angle with the camera view. Now now they have the carts on the sidelines where they're pretty much down the line of scrimmage every right. play. You know, it's it's hard to see those things, even though now we look back at it and Zapruder or film it and not reviewable at the time, but is reviewable now. And you'd be like, well, that's easy. That I've, Sorry, Frank Wycheck, you <laughs> threw that ball. Sorry, man. You know, forward, essentially. The game is different now, but also that ties into what I'm saying about like the news cycle. It is, it's 25 years later, 23 years later. Thanksgiving Day, Lions, Steelers, the coin toss. Yeah. Like, how do you get heads and tails wrong? I don't know, and but they, they did. They changed the way they do. You don't yeah. know. You no longer call it in the air. You call it, and then I'll flip it. And then I'll flip it. So you say heads, the call is heads. Now I flip it. So we're all on the same page. Because Phil Luckett thought he heard Jerome Bettis say heads. Yeah. But that's not what he said. And then the immaculate reception. Mm -hmm. There was, at that point in time, that, that that was an illegal touch. You couldn't catch it off the ricochet of another player. Nope. It was an illegal touch. You know, so the rules are ever evolving and it seems and like that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. And it seems like something changes every year. Whether it's okay, fair catch here and you get the ball Des there. Des Bryant catch and, Cowboys Packers. Mm-hmm. What is a catch? Uh, uh, Megatron in Chicago. Right? The surviving the ground. Right. When it looked like the the you know, the, mm-hmm. you know the, the the Lions had scored. Had, had scored and then and then they didn't. Mm-hmm. They'd scored until they hadn't scored. You know, and it's so you can jump over the line to block a field goal, but you can't touch anybody. You can't line up over the center. You can't push a defender into this. You can't do that. There are so many random little things that seven guys have to watch 22 freak athletes at any given moment. Even even third-string centers on NFL squads are freak athletes at this point in the conversation so yeah. here's something I'm going to do real quick before we get to Jared Bednar mm-hmm. and the Avs win last night. I'm going to read some quotes. Referees of football and basketball games today are being accused of worse blunders than ever before. It is hard to remember a season that produced such a rampant display of human fallibility as has been revealed on television, always on television, by the officiating crews of the NFL. Pro football has been victimized by incompetence this year. Where do you, what, when do you think those quotes came out? Is that recent quotes? Or the with quotes? the way that you fr- framed that, I'm going to say that's an old quote. The first one, worse being accused of worse blunders than ever before. That was 1962 mm-hmm. from Sports Illustrated. The second one, hard to remember a season that produced such a rampant display of human fallibility. Sports Illustrated, 1978. The last one, 1996 from the L.A. Times. That football has been victimized by incompetency this year. Mm-hmm. And so it's been it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. This is not anything new. And also you gotta 
and it's not just in a vacuum that we want, like social media is the thing. There's how many different social media platforms that you can put your thoughts and opinions out immediately and it just swarms over people. And 30 years ago, gambling was not legal everywhere. And you also, if you were gambling, you probably didn't want a ton of people to know about it because it was illegal gambling in most places. And so you didn't want to get gobbled up in some sort of Rico thing. So you didn't want to be like, well, this official who exactly. I don't know because it's 1995, this official screwed me out of 30 bucks on this Patriot Steelers game. Now who cares? Everybody, most everybody can gamble in some form or fashion on their phone. So if you put out, oh, back judge, you know, blah, 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 blah. He cost me $30 on this Steelers whatever game. Nobody's going to be like, oh, you're gambling? Isn't that illegal? It's going to be like, yeah, you're right. You got screwed Ex without exactly. seeing the play. Absolutely. All right. So uh, coming up, we'll talk with Jeff Johnson, Fertile Monument girls basketball coach. Wildcat Classic gets underway tomorrow out at Fertile Monument. So last night, uh, the Avalanche snapping the three-game losing streak. Uh, they get the victory at home last night, taking down Anaheim by the score of 3-2. to two. Great game for Nathan McKinnon, three-point night, goal to assist last night. Curtis McDermott with a goal last night. He hadn't played since November 24th in Minnesota. And uh, so he was the one that actually got the scoring going last night, just a minute 40 into the game. Uh, also, Logan O'Connor continues to have a really good season. Logan O'Connor with a goal last night for the Avalanche as well. As with the with the injuries right now and some of these things, and also Samuel Gerrard out with the uh, dealing with the personal issues, it forced Jared Bednar to make some line changes. And uh, Bednar, after the game, talked about uh, how those changes, where he came to the decision to to change some things up to, to shake up some of the avalanche lines. Uh, you know what? I, I just, it just sort of got, like, what does this line need? If they have, like, we tried to put some pairs together of some offensive guys. And, you know, I tried to put a worker that could help establish a four check and come up with some pucks as, as their third guy. You knew it wasn't going to look anything close to what we'd normally have when, once those guys went out. So, you know, giving some guys some opportunities, a guy like Olison, um, we knew we, were, we had the opportunity to move some guys around if we needed to, and we did. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's like trying to get a couple pairs together and, and try to get them a worker on each line and try to build some lines that you can trust on the defensive side of it so we can play four. So McKinnon played on the same line as Logan O'Connor last night, both guys scoring goals last night, by the way. And they had Josh Manson, who had to fill in for Kale McCarr, who was still out with a, with an upper body injury. And um, so so Manson stepping into that uh, that spot last night. But uh, the Avalanche uh, right now with the, uh, the three-point lead over Dallas, four-point lead over uh, Winnipeg in the Central Division standings after the victory last night. So um, the, the shakeup of the lines... Uh, providing some dividends last night for Jared Bednar and the Avalanche. All right, 739, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Got something to whine about today. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. And text or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. It's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Yesterday on the Dan Patrick Show, heard right here on the team, Dan had former Duke and NBA guard J.J. Redick on, and they got around to talking 
about Nikola Jokic. And I'm making this comparison, but you'll hear JJ explain it. Hopefully it makes sense. That we've always talked about Gronk is an act. Rob Gronkowski is different than Gronk. And I think Nikola Jokic is different than the Joker. And J.J. Redick thinks it's a bit as well. But I don't know if he cares about greatness. I don't know if he cares about legacy. I don't. It, it feels like this is my job. I go to my job and I do my job really well. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, in three or four years, he just walks away and says, I'm, yeah. I'm going home. You know, I have a couple thoughts on that. If you talk to anyone... Uh, in the Denver Nuggets organization. I've got a teammate there from Duke who, who works in their front office. And uh, I know a bunch of people in their front office, coaching staff, uh, his teammates. He's an absolute psychotic competitor. And it leads to the second point, which is I think this is all a bit, Dan. Oh, okay. I think he's putting us on. I really do. <laughs> I really do. I The idea... I love that. that. I love it. That he goes that he goes home for the summer and doesn't touch a basketball and then the first week of the season averages 30, 12, and 9 I, on 62% shooting or whatever it was. Like, I'm not buying it. I think it's all a bit. I, You know what? Could be that's, right. That's a good point. Like Gronk. It's Gronk, very Gronk-esque. Like, the Joker and Gronk are different than Nikola Jokic and Rob Gronkowski. Like, the Joker is, like, he's never cracking jokes while playing. You know, it's always dead ball. It's press conferences, locker room, tunnel, bus, plane, whatever. When he's on the court, though, the dude is a lunatic. He's serious as a heart attack. Yeah. So I think that Gronk and Joker are acts to where Rob Gronkowski and Nikola Jokic are... I, you know. I think J.J. Redick is spot on. I I, I, and I really enjoyed the development of J.J. Redick yeah. as a media personality. Right. He He's was come a long way. annoying as a basketball player. He is yeah. a lot of fun. I like his podcast, the stuff he does for ESPN. This and really good. and him, to me, a couple of rising stars yes. 100%. In, in sports media. All right. And, well, obviously, a guy like Pat McAfee, but McAfee's been around for, for, for a little while now. All right, 743. We'll take a break. We'll come back and talk with... Bruno Monterey girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson. That's next on the Jim Davis Show. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Fruta Monument girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson on the team. And Jeff Johnson brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals. At 970-241-0078, Jeff Johnson joins us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Oh, you can't. Your, your team's off to a 3-0 start. You're hosting the Wildcat Classic this week. It's Everything's good uh, out in uh, Fruto Monument, uh, Wildcat Country. But uh, you have the three victories at uh, the Uinta Tournament uh, with the win over Union and Emory. And then uh, really handled uh, Uinta 45-21. Uh, to uh, getting that final victory of the tournament. Uh, Liv Campbell had a, a, a sensational start, uh, uh, of course, with uh, the way she's playing. She's leading score once again. But Mackenzie Mason, Jeff, had a, a really strong weekend uh, in that tournament you went to. She played really well, a couple of double-digit efforts for Mackenzie Mason for you. Yeah, she's uh, off to a great shot, uh, start shooting three ball for us. 
Um, and like you live, live, live is live. She's she could score anytime she wants. So uh, we expect her to be leading us. Like we mentioned with uh, with Liv Campbell, uh, averaging uh, 15 points per game, five rebounds per contest. She's also uh, had impact in distributing the basketball, almost three assists per game, a couple of steals per game. It just looks like in, in Liv's game it's gotten even better, even more kind of well-rounded uh, as she uh, is now entering her, her junior season. Yeah, um, before the season started, uh, I, I challenged her, hey, I think she could be one of our better defensive players this year. Um, and and she t- she's taking pride in on the defensive end. Um, I, I don't know how many deflections she had over the weekend with her steals, but uh, she was really active on both ends. And uh, When you're a great player and you're doing it on both ends, that's good things for the team. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of girls basketball team with us. Uh, don't want to leave out uh, Addison Ayer, who had that 18-point game in your opener. She's averaging 11 points per game and, uh, and seven rebounds per contest. So, uh, Addison, uh, in her final season as a Wildcat, uh, is off to a tremendous start for your team, Jeff. Yeah, uh, just a great person to be around, great leader. Um, as our only senior, she did a great job of, uh, with Liv of lead, leading this group, um, getting us uh, going. Uh, There's a couple times at the tournament that they got the team huddled up. And they, they did the talking, not me. And so when it's player-led, um, it, it, it means big things for the program, I believe. Where do you feel like, you know, going back to the summer camps and, and things like that and, and open gyms, where, where do you, what's been the thing you've been most impressed with in regard to this start, the, the thing that most pleases you about uh, the way your team's playing right now? Um, I, I, I think it's the teamwork, uh, working together, uh, believing more in, in the system that we put in last year. Uh, so now most of those varsity girls have one year with uh, what we want, what I want to do. Um, and you can see it on the court. Um, and we're, we're trying to play fast, push the ball up, and get those um, get those easy looks on in transition. Um, and I, I, they're starting to believe that we can get them more often, quite often. Um, so really excited about that. Um, and uh, really just gelling as teammates. Um, and that's the nice thing about. Uh, about going to away on the first weekend is you get bond in the hotel rooms, eating meals and things like that. So uh, I really enjoyed getting away that first weekend and really making connections off the basketball court. Goals for your basketball team. It's always to win a Southwestern League title. The, that's always the, the goal at, at Fruitland Monument uh, for the girls' basketball program. But what are some of the goals you've kind of laid out, ones you feel like you can share with us for this team this season? Because... It is a team with Liv Campbell, one of the better players in the state of Colorado, where uh, certainly there's opportunity there to to hopefully maybe uh, make a little bit of a run in the postseason uh, in, in the, the, the 6A tournament and, and have some, uh, you know, maybe uh, open up a few eyes over there on the front range uh, later on this season. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, first goal is always protecting our home court. Uh, we want to win every game at home. Make it make it difficult and let people know it's difficult to come to Fruita and, and get a win um like i said when the uh swl league um and and just uh dominating in our league and getting our rpi points as high as possible as uh so we could host not just one round but two rounds um that's a big goal this year is to get that second round host um and yeah you got to take care of business in the first round but be high enough where we we have the potential to host two rounds and uh get down to denver and, and play that last day 
Jeff Johnson, Fruit of Monument uh, girls basketball coach with us. The uh, Family Health West Wildcat Classic girls basketball tournament starts tomorrow at Fruita. And uh, Wildcats get Eagle Crest, and it's an Eagle Crest team that's off to a 4-1 and one start. But they've also uh, made the trip out to California. They played uh, Fresno. They, they've won out there against Fresno 54-20, Chico, California 48-41. So they've... They've been uh, they've been able to uh, actually take on some some uh, California teams. Actually, those were home games, excuse me. But facing some out of state competition for the first uh, couple of uh, games of the season to, to start out that that four and one campaign. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is why we love our our tournament here. We get uh, we get some good Denver teams that come out here, uh, so it's it's great to have them coming. Uh, and I, I believe our girls step up to the blade and, uh, and show them, hey, this is our house and we're going to protect our house uh, with the first game tomorrow. Do you know much about Eagle Crest? Looking at uh, Max Preps, they don't have any stats up. I know they're 4-1, and one, and like, so they played a couple of California schools. What do you know about them, Jeff? Um, they're going to be quick and athletic. Um, the little things that we've seen so far, uh, they do a one-two-two zone. Um, but uh, they're they're looking to run and gun too, get up and down the court. Um, but uh, we want to make sure we're playing our style um, and not getting frustrated with what they want to do against us. Um, but uh, we'll keep watching film. We get we, luckily we got some film on them from one of their games in California. But uh, we'll look at them and, and it's really worrying more about us. Yeah, we want to see what they do and what they like to do. But we got to continue working on us. Jeff Johnson uh, with us today on the on the Team Sports Network. And, uh, Jeff, I do want to give you a chance here. I believe you have a, a fundraiser with some Kansas City barbecue uh, that, that's coming up, I believe, tomorrow. Can you give us the details on this? Yeah, uh, so tomorrow, uh, it's actually Friday night. Um, Friday night, okay, thank our, you. Uh, is our barbecue dinner. Uh, so you come get some barbecue, uh, good fundraiser for the girls in the basketball program. Um, and see some basketball games, uh, and we started at 7.30, I believe. We got the late game, um, but uh, come get some food, and not a movie, but a game. Uh, so make it a good date night with some good barbecue. And great basketball, great barbecue. Sounds like a winner to me. Hey, Jeff, I appreciate the time. Congratulations on the great start, and best of luck this weekend at the Family Health West Wildcat Classic. Always appreciate the time. No problem. Enjoy the rest of the day. You too. Take care. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monument girls basketball team with us on the program. Once again, that is Friday night, by the way, uh, for that. Should mention, too, that, that Friday night at uh, River City Sportplex is the uh, first ever Cap Rock Academy hockey game. They take on Fort Collins. Yeah. Uh, they were going to have a, a bonfire and things, but they've decided to not do the bonfire because the weather's not supposed to be great. But uh, you can get uh, information at Cap Rock Academy's website. And uh, I believe we're going to have, uh, once again, I mean, one of the the Cap Rock Academy players in when uh, Jackson Wilson comes in. Yeah, because our dude Friday. Jackson's not busy enough already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course we had uh, we had one of the players last week with us, mm-hmm. and Lyle Wilkins, coach of the Cap Rock Academy Eagles, uh, last weekend, uh, last uh, Friday, I should say, uh, they were in with us uh, to talk about that uh, first ever opener against uh, Fort Collins coming up Friday night. All right, uh, seven fifty-five. Jim along with the Buckeye boy quickly uh, the, the schedule once again the. Uh, Wildcat Classic tomorrow. First game's at 4.30, Grand Junction against Ponderosa. We'll talk with Sydney Brandon, Tigers coach, tomorrow on the program. 6 o'clock, it's Castleview Pine Creek. And then 7.30 tomorrow night, it's Fruit of Monument taking on Eagle Crest. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2. 
We'll have around the NFL next hour. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine, so we got a few texts to get to as well. We'll get to those next hour. You can send that in to us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. The Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.